You're listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To learn more about the Collective Church in Portland, Oregon, and Vancouver, Washington, visit us online at thecollectivechurch.com. If you were to have coffee with the four of us right now, this is what we would tell you. What we're about to tell you right now is what we would, it's, it's where we're going. It's what God's doing right now. And be, like my, my warning is this. My warning is don't receive this as, as trite. Don't receive this as, oh, I've heard this before. Like ask the Holy Spirit for fresh ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying right now. And it's very fundamental, but it's, 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 it's very, um, it's, it's bathroom break time for the kids' church. Um, squirrel. But where, where God's taking us is, you know, Heather said something in the first service. She said, um, this is a critical time right now. How many believe that? How many just like feel that in your spirit? Like it's a critical time. Like there's, there's things that God's doing that it's, it's like, it's, it's such a now season and, and he's so good that his purposes will be accomplished. He might use different plans or different methods or, but his purposes will be accomplished. Amen. In Jesus name. And, but we want to be a part of that. And so it's a critical season right now. And where, you know, Callie gave us a word and Jenny, Pastor Jenny's going to talk about this, but where we're going, like the air is a little bit thinner. We're going to elevation. And so we're going to have to train ourselves in, in the disciplines of the faith, which thank God he gives us the desire for those disciplines and the power to do what pleases him. So he's on both ends, which, which praise be to Jesus, that this is not in our own strength. This message is not, you know, hey, pull up your bootstraps and like pull it like, you know, get it together, soldier, suck it up. You can do this. Come on, let's go. That, that is not the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel is what Paul said and Christine said. It's saying yes and seeing the operational power, the energy, the vigor, the vigor of, of what happens when we're devoted to God. Amen? That right there is the distinctive of the new covenant over the old covenant is now the, the, the old, the law was written on tablets and now it's his word is in our hearts. It's actually inside of us. And our spirit man is literally pipelined to heaven. Amen. Amen. Jesus name. So I'm going to read, I'm going to read a couple scriptures on the, on the beauty of the word of God in Psalms chapter 19, Psalm 19. Grab your paper Bibles and turn there. Psalm 19. It's interesting that, and I've, I've used this analogy before, but it's so it's so critical right now. Um, Tualatin Timberwolves, go Wolves, are, are in state tournament. We're one of the top eight teams in the state, um, and we we won our first two playoff games. And, and I, I'm just I'm so reminded of this because. Um, you know, these kids have been, they've been playing basketball, a lot of them since they were really little. And they've been doing the same fundamentals and the same drills since they were little kids. They still, they still did it on Friday night in their win over Lake Oswego. Let's go. Um, they, uh, they were, guess what they were doing right before the game? They were doing the same, very same drills. They're doing the very same warm ups that they've been doing since they were in second grade. Why? 
were they doing that? Because when the pressure, in pressure situations, they don't have to think about it. It's what comes out of them. They don't go to a place of anxiety. They don't go to a place of stress. They don't go to a place of worry. They know what to do because they've done it 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 times. And and, and there might not have been fireworks. They might not have been game-winning shots every time because they weren't. Not everyone saw it. But what they were doing is they were developing in the dark, in the quiet place when no one's watching so that when the time came for them to, to do it in the big game, they didn't have to go, okay, now what foot do I, okay, right, left foot, and I bring my knee up. And I, no, it just, it automatically came to them. And so that's, that's a little bit what we want to talk about today. Psalms chapter 19 says the instructions of the Lord are perfect. Verse 7 reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Now turn over 100 chapters to Psalms 119. And it says this. It says, joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. Uh, verse five, oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. Please don't give up on me. And thank God he doesn't give up on us, right? That's why Jesus came. Verse 9 says, how can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. Verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against God. Verse 45 says, I will walk in freedom for I have devoted myself to your commandments. Verse 105 of Psalms 119, by the way, is a beautiful passage of scripture, really highlighting that this is not ink on a page. This isn't a book of, of inspiring allegories. This is not a, a handbook for living a moral life. This is actually the pneuma, the breath of God, that Romans 12, 2 comes in and it, and it begins to remodel, to bust down old walls, old way of thinking, and 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 open up our mind to new perspectives and ways of living, really God's way of living. Amen. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and it's a light for my path. Verse 130 says, the teaching of your word gives light so even the simple can understand. And so um, where we're going, the air is thin. And you're, you're going to understand this in just a second. So we've got to be ready to, to live at that level where God's calling us to live. Amen? Yeah, so how many of you know Pastor Callie? Great. Okay, lots of you. That's great. So she was, of course, with us in Michigan for the Her Voice Freedom Rally. And she called me one of the mornings and said, hey, I just had a dream. And she told me about it and with a word. And I said, we need to get the people who traveled with us, our team, everybody together. And you need to give this word because it's, it's like a now it's a now thing. And it was really profound for those of you that were in the room, but I, I want to share it with you because it really is for the church. It's for the church at large. It's not just for, it's not just a Tetelestai thing. It's not just a her voice rally thing. It's an us thing. And we are the church. So the dream was that there was a rocket ship and it was, it was, it was our future. Okay. The rocket ship going all the way up into the air. And she saw three categories of people 
First category is strapped in. Seatbelt, they're solid, they're going up. The second group of people were inside the rocket ship, but they were bouncing around everywhere because they weren't strapped in. And then the third set of people were hanging on to the outside, just trying to hang on for dear life to the outside of the rocket ship. And she said that the people who had made it to the inside of the rocket ship were really understanding the heart of what God was doing on the earth. He was really, they kind of bought into, okay, we're on a mission here. Like no more am I just going to hang on to the peripheral of the church and just kind of try to, you know, try to live my life and hang on to the church at the same time, but really buying into, buying into what God was doing. And, you know, you could sit here and say, okay, God, which of the three categories am I? I don't think that's the right question. I think the right question is, God, how do I make sure I'm the one seat belted? What, what, what do I need to do? Because it really doesn't matter which category you're in. We all just need to be seat belted in. Okay. So the second part of the dream that she highlighted was that the rocket ship was going so high in the air that the, the air was getting thinned out. And people could either breathe well or not, depending on if they were trained. And she asked the Lord, what's the difference in this air you know, thinning out. And she, and, and the Lord said to her, the people who have a consistent, consecrated, devoted, disciplined prayer life are the ones who are going to breathe, be able to breathe in the days to come. The people who do not have a consistent, devoted, consecrated, disciplined prayer life are going to deselect. So today's message isn't about like, we want you to be better Christians, so you should probably pray because that's what Christians are supposed to do, right? We can get lost in the purpose of something, but prayer and the word of God, we can't say that enough today. When you leave here, that is what's going to be hidden in your heart is, is okay, I got to get the word of God inside of me and I have to pray. And that might seem so elementary to you, like what is this Sunday school, right? But I hope it is Sunday school. Because on the other side of those walls, my little girls are being told the word of God and to pray. And that's the drills. That's the second grade drill. So that when the air gets thin in their life, the air in their life isn't very thin. Because Bob and I are taking the pre, you know, some of that pressure. But their, their life will get thinner. The air will get thinner. Okay, how many of you in here, when you got married, the air got thinner? Okay. When you had a baby, the air got a little thinner, okay? Right? You got promoted at work, air got thinner. Okay, the air gets thinner and thinner as you go. And I didn't say this in first service, and I have this word on my heart for the young people in here. You know, there's so much to look forward to. There's so many great things that God's going to do in your life. And it's like, I'm excited to get married. I'm excited for this. And God, you know, we don't just need to pray in our spouse. We need to pray, period. We need, because here's the thing, you're in training. You're in training for the things to come where the air gets thinner. And we, all we have to do is look around and see that people have deselected, right? COVID came in, the air got thin, and some people were able to sustain that. And others, it's like, where did they, wait, where'd they go? Wait, I haven't seen them in a long time. Because they, they, they couldn't breathe, and they're just waiting for it to go back to normal. Now, here's the thing. It's not going back to normal. The pressure and the air is going to get thinner. So we can't pray 
for everyone around us and everything to get better, we need to take this loosely, get better. Take it loosely, but it's weighty. We need to increase our oxygen capacity. Now at Club Sport, I know it's not called Club Sport anymore. It was when we had a membership. We lived on this side of town. And they have a big, beautiful gym and lots to do there. And you can, you know, make a workout really fun because they have turf and all these things. But they had one little tiny room that was extra. You had to pay extra. Okay, hang on to that. There's a higher, there's a, there's a price to pay to go to higher elevation. And in that room, it was called the elevation room. And in there, they had cardio equipment so that people who were training to go up in the mountains, maybe need to run a marathon at, you know, 6,000 feet. Well, you're at Portland, not a good training spot. Sea level is not good training if you're going to go run a marathon at 6,000 or 7,000 feet or even 3,000. So this elevation room was reserved for people who needed to go in and they needed to train their bodies to work at a high level with less oxygen. You guys following me on this? Okay, so when Pastor Callie told me this dream, immediately my mind went to the elevation room. And that was COVID. That was training. So complaining and blaming and getting mad and getting ornery and folding our arms and going, well, I'm not going to do anything. That's, that's us refusing to go into the elevation room and train. And the elevation room really, truly, is it's prayer. It's prayer. And if we only pray and we only read the word of God when we're in a panic session, when things are going wrong, we're, we're going to be in trouble. And I think you just said that. Was that this service or last service? It's all blending together. It was last service. But I'll, I'll tell this because like if, if prayer and Bible reading and like if this is the only time we pray and like continue. When we're in crisis, if that's the only time we pray and read our Bibles, I'm not saying stop, like continue. But what we're saying is like that will not sustain us, right? I, I was in um, Waikiki and we were walking as a family. We we're actually, we we're taking one of those dumb pictures where they talk you into taking it with like a bird, like the birds on you, you know, it's like, what a money grab that is. It's like, oh, cool. A picture of our family and some birds. Like you think about it, but anyways, um, if that's your business, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, bless it in Jesus' name. But uh, well, we were standing there, and this guy just, he barrels through the family, and I think one of the kids, like, fell over, and and and, and he just, I mean, he just came right through us, and, and, and so I turned around and looked at him, and I just kind of was like, what, like, and he was not in his right mind. And so he came back, started circling our family. He pulled out a knife and, um, I, I'm like, why I haven't told the story more. I don't know. It's awesome. Wait. Yeah. Just wait for it. And so, so he's, so he's circling us and then he goes over to another group and kind of like threatens them. And I, I, I sent Heather and the kids off. They went running up the street. Police officer comes and says, okay, who is this guy? Who is this guy? And I said, he's the one wearing a white polo, which is 90% of Waikiki in the, in the evening. Is they're wearing white polos. And they said, we, we, and I'm trying to point him out. And so the officer said one of the greatest sentences in my, that I've heard in my entire life. He said, you start sprinting after him and we'll follow you. And I was like, are you kidding me? I'm in an action movie right now. And so I... I take off on a full sprint down Waikiki and, and I got officers following me and I'm running, I'm looking back and I'm like, yeah, throw me a gun, you know, let's do this. And, and we get down there and, and they, they have him at gunpoint and he's not responding. And then they're like, we are going to shoot you. Like the, like the whole thing is super intense. And they're like, sir, you can get off of him now. And I'm like, okay. Um, I'm just kidding. I wasn't on him. Um, 
And they said, uh, <clears throat> anyways, I'll tell, I'll tell the rest of the story sometime. But in that moment, because it, there was like, it was crisis, like I had adrenaline. If, 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 that, if that would have gone on for another quarter mile or half mile, I would have been done. Because I had not been training. I had not been training in, in that um, to run. Fast forward, I got asked to run in Hood to Coast. And because someone saw me and they said, well, you, you're clearly a runner. Be on our team. And, um, <laughs> and so, but what was, what was crazy about it, here's, here's what was crazy about it. We had a fanatical coach um, who just lives for this stuff and trains year round. And he started me out on like the, the goofiest runs, like run for 10 minutes at a 12 minute pace. And I'm like, that's like walking. He's like, just trust me, you know, in 20 minutes. Anyways, 30 minutes or, or whatever it was, right? I think it was, we started at 30 minutes and, and I started consistently doing what he was telling me to do. I didn't feel fireworks. I didn't feel like I was getting fitter. I didn't feel like I was getting faster. I didn't feel anything. I just actually was like, okay. But it was like day after day after day after day. And he, he started adding, adding, and adding. By the time it came to, the, to race day, I felt awesome. I felt awesome. I had, I had trained for that race and I was able to do it. Now, two years later, I ran the race again and I, I didn't train and I crammed for it at the very end and I almost died. It was horrible. It was awful. And so this, this idea that there has to be fireworks or we have to get a revelation every time we open the Bible is, is, is actually, it's like this, it's a, it's this warped Instagram view that we have of, of devotional life where you have to wear a cute Instagram hat and have like a flat lay of all your cute stuff and your coffee cup. And this is what the Lord spoke to me today. And isn't it amazing? And I'm going to, I'm going to retweet it and all like all the things like that's not reality. The reality is there's some days we go to the scripture and we read a couple chapters and it's like, that didn't make sense. <laughs> that spoke nothing to me, but you know what it's doing on the inside? It's actually watering the seeds. It's actually remodeling my mind. It's actually watering the seeds of the fruit of the spirit for joy and peace. And like all the things are actually happening when I don't even realize it. When I go to pray, guess what? There, there are some times when I pray where I absolutely feel the presence of heaven. I get goosebumps on goosebumps. I cry. Like I, I sense heaven is in the room. There's a lot of days when I pray and I'm like, hope you heard me, Lord. And I, I'm, I believe you heard me because your word says you heard me. Jenny doesn't have a dream that rocks the nation every night. It's every third night. <laughs> but all that, do, do you hear what we're saying? Like, it's so critical for what God's called us to do that we have daily relationship with a heavenly father. And, and I, again, I'm so thankful that he doesn't, he's not calling us out onto the water to let us fail. He's actually calling us out on the water because he knows that with his help and his Holy Spirit that he placed inside of us, he's actually called us to walk on water with our eyes fixed on Jesus. So, Amen. This, this story that was really good. I love what, um, I don't know which one of you are going to share. If we do a repeat of first service, who knows? We never really do. Um, but I'm thinking about when COVID first started and we're out at our headquarters at um, Crestview and we're hosting one of the first events when it's COVID. And here we have the six foot thing and the masks and the shields and the, I don't even know. It's crazy, right? 
and we're hosting it for a really good friend of ours and her organization. And she felt that legally she needed to follow through with the mandates. And as her ho the hosts of this, and also we're, um, we were there to put a worship team together, you guys did that, and to minister there as a team, we had to look at this and say, we have to do something we don't want to do. And, you know, a couple people on the team were like, gosh, is this agreeing with the government by doing this? You know, do you remember, remember all that, you guys? I mean, it was so intense. And so I remember going to the Lord going, what do we do? Like, I don't like any of this. I just want to put my heel, I just want to sit back and see if you're going to fix it all. And then we'll just be done with this. And are we just going to be, is this just a little blip on the history screen here? Or, you know, what's my part to play? And he was very, very clear with me. I saw a picture all of a sudden. This is before people wore multiple layers of masks. And I saw 10 layers of masks on my face. And he said, preach through the mask. These are your instructions. Preach through the mask. And he wasn't just talking about masks. He was saying, preach through the fray. Preach the gospel no matter what. Preach through. Preach through. Instead of waiting and being in fantasy world, that somehow the world's just going to get better, and this isn't actually the suffering that the Bible talks about, but preach, preach the word, Jenny. Preach the word. Let nothing stop the gospel of Jesus Christ. And don't make this political. Make this about my word. Get back on mission. And this morning driving here, I heard... Bob driving here, me in the passenger seat, I heard preach through persecution. Whether you're in a personal persecution right now, an emotional persecution, a relational persecution, organizational persecution, I hear God say preach through the persecution. What's persecution? Persecution is pressure and the air gets thin. Preach, you might be like, I'm not a preacher. Well, if you're a mother or a father, I promise you, you're a preacher. Yeah. We were needing somebody to take care of our youth. And I'm like, God, I'm not a youth pastor. He goes, you have five kids. That makes you a youth pastor. Yeah. You are pastoring your home. You are pastoring your life. You are automatically a preacher because you know what he said to take the gospel and get it out of our mouths. It's all of us. Amen. So we're going to preach through the persecution. We're not going to let anything stop us. But if we get our head in this space that we think that we don't, don't have to really train for this. Training for reigning is all that came in my spirit when you're talking. Training for reigning. To reign in the days ahead. Because when the rocket ship goes up and the unbelievers who have not trained in prayer and in the word are deselected, they're off to the side dying, guess who is supposed to come and put oxygen on their mouth? The church. It's supposed to be us. And if we are not fit for that and we're laying next to them, Man, we have not been listening. We have not been reading. We have not been really on, on track with what God's doing. So we need to be fit for this fight. And you know what? It's going to bring us great pleasure. I have one last story, then pop over either the Pastor Heather or Bob. Um, but Pastor Shauna Danberg, she told me after we were talking about this the other day, she said that her brother in Colorado, you know, the elevation over there, you go to Denver and you're like, why do I feel sick? Um, I'm just at the airport. I'm not in a mountain. No, you're kind of high up, right? Like a mile high. And so they were doing a marathon or some kind of race. And they recruited a lady from another state, another area to come on their team who had just had a track record of just being awesome, right? So they're like, yeah, we're getting this girl on our team. Well, she came and deselected. She was throwing up, elevation sickness, like could not. She couldn't do it. And that is a perfect picture of what God is saying right now prophetically is your talent and your gifting has potentially fooled you into thinking you're fit at the elevation you're at because lower elevation 
we can get away with a lot of skill and gifting, but when you get to high elevation, it doesn't matter if your legs are that fast. It doesn't matter who you were at the lower elevation. And so prayer and the word of God, prayer and the word of God is what's going to allow us to be able to live at a higher elevation. And then guess what? Our giftings come with us. Right? So that we, we sang so much about breathing this morning. You know, you, you notice that stuff when you know what you're going to talk about. The songs always like are prophesying before we come. But there's a lot about breathing. There was a lot about the love of God being our heir. So that's why we are so crazy committed to talking about intimacy here in this church. And you might think that's a really weird word, but it, it, it's into me see. God, I hide nothing from you. I want to know you fully. And I know you know me fully, but in knowing each other, I'll know me. And I'm hiding nothing from you. And in that intimacy, we can then be filled with his spirit and be fit for this race. Because guess what? We're going there, whether we like it or not. So we might as well train. We said this to our team. We said, what if, what if your first priority, and it's like, I'm, when you wake up in the morning, how many hours you're awake, if there's anything I'm going to get done today, I'm getting my eyeballs on this word, and I'm going to pray. And everything else is a bonus. You know, hopefully my kids get fed, hopefully all those things, right? But there's so many things that are, are reasons why we can't get to the word, the reasons why we can't pray, when they're really excuses, because we do exactly what we want to do every single day. Let's just be honest with ourselves. But what if we just decided the word of God and prayer, that is what I'm doing today. And the devil can't talk me out of it. He can't sit down and try to counsel me because he tries to be the Holy Spirit all the time, by the way. And he can't tell me, oh, you can't time for that. Or you'll do it tonight. Like right now is a bad time, but tonight's better. Stop. Stop. We need to stop. And this is, we're not, this isn't asking much. God's not asking much from us because you can read one or two scriptures and be completely like, wow. And and nourished in that moment. I believe that this is not complicated, (laughs) but it's intentional and it takes a decision. It's not complicated. Um, I'm not going to share this probably. I had a fantastic little scuba diving story. I'm not going to share. And because and, I, th- I think, I'm sorry, Benjamin, my water. Um, yeah, the podcast, praise God. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of who would not treat this seriously. Because I, 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 as Jenny's sharing and we're talking about su- such a, a, a subject like prayer in God's word. And I think to myself, who, who would not take this seriously? People actually think in the shallow mindset that this is about mass or politics. And it's not. That's shallow. And we, we think that life is, is a consistent battle between good and evil. And we actually put God in this type of size that God is the equivalent of Satan, that it's a complete opposing force of Satan and God. And the reality with it, the only people that would not take it seriously are the people that actually see God as the same size as Satan. God, God has just like, I'm not... Anytime you look in the sky and look you, and you look at astrology, look at the way and, and all the galaxies and the, I mean, everything that's put together. And I look at Portland Metro, but, but the reality with it in Isaiah 40, it declares that God has all, everything in the palm of his hands. Every, some of you that have, because I wasn't raised in church. And so I, I, I never sang, he's got the whole world. I didn't, I, I, I didn't see any, when Ben starts talking about hymnals or, you know, I mean, it's like that, I wasn't raised in that. 
But, but, I, but I've learned through experience and stories and times in my life that, that we serve a God that, that goes beyond these natural circumstances because he's a big God and he has got everything in his hand. So for me, I'm talking experientially, not, not about just Isaiah 40, but just in my life, where you look at the way the plans that he has orchestrated and the stories that have come to fruition, the miracle that takes place is not the miracle that takes place, it's the It's the period of time leading up to that miracle is where the miracle takes place. It's the simple yes on a daily basis that brings forth the miracle potentially six months, five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road that the miracle manifests. The miracle manifestation presence is not where the miracle takes place. The miracle takes place of a 20-year decision the year before. And your goal is activity, not looking for the 20-year miracle. Your goal activity is what Pastor Heather's going to be talking about here soon, but it's, it's the saying yes right now that we serve a big God. How, how big is Satan? This is a, um, amazing. I think this is really, really cool. I, I hopefully have it. I, I earmarked it and I read it earlier and now I don't see it. Oh, bear, bear with this awkwardness. That's I knew it was Romans 16 and some change. Okay, Romans 16, 20. And the God of, this is so cool. Now, now check this out, the way the, way the Passion Translation um, brings these words together. And the God of peace will swiftly pound Satan to a pulp under God's feet. No, no. And the God of peace will swiftly pound Satan to a pulp under your feet. So you think about that as far as the size of God and the size of Satan. What's the size of Satan? It's under your feet. That's right. Yeah. So when you go through things and you go through trials and we see the world that we live in right now, all that we have to see and perspective has to be looking at is that Satan's under our feet and God holds it all in his hands. So why are we praying? Why are we reading God's word? It's all about that. It's all about the size of God we get to serve and the size of Satan that lives in the world. And it's an unfair battle. That's right. Amen? So that's why this such this may feel like a, a simpleton message, but the reality with it is if we live this lifestyle, the simpleton message will transform and change everything you're about. Amen? Amen. Do you know that other song, Bob? <laughs> and the God of peace will soon crush Satan. Yeah. You guys know that one? God will crush him underneath your feet. We'd go like this. Okay. It wasn't even kids' church. It was awesome. All right. (laughs) Um, The last several days, maybe weeks, this scripture keeps rolling around in my spirit. And um, this is an example of how the word of God actually sticks with you, right? It just, I don't have this memorized, but it's in me. And so I know. I know what it's saying, and then I can look it up and it resonates with me, but we actually sang it this morning in first service. It's kind of fun how God just, we just flow with the Holy Spirit. There's, it's never an exact repeat, first and second, just so you know. Okay, this is Isaiah 55, verse 8. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out 
and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. Verse 12, you will live in joy and peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song, and the trees of the field will clap their hands. Where once there were thorns, cypress trees will grow. Where nettles grew, myrtles will sprout up. These events will bring great honor to the Lord's name. They will be an everlasting sign of the power of his power and love. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And that speaks of what Pastor Jenny was just talking about, high elevation. We need his thoughts. Um, when I was driving this morning, I took my parents to the airport and um, there's graffiti on 84 on one of these beautiful old buildings. There's lots of graffiti. Um, <laughs> but this popped out and it was the word aware. And I was like, wow, the first like bunch of graffiti I could actually read and understand. Um, and I, I, it caught my attention and, and we drive that stretch of road a lot. We all, like a lot of us do. And I just, I caught it, I saw it, and I was like, okay. And it brought me back to this moment where I was, again, driving, and I'm praying, I'm talking to the Lord, and and this was about five years ago, five and a half years ago, and it was like I was caught in this cyclical prayer of, God, are we where we're supposed to be? What do you want us to do? Am I in the right spot? Am I? And it was like this cyclical prayer. And I heard the Lord speak, and it was, you know that moment as moms where your kid's been saying, mom, 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 mom. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you, you're aware, and you realize he's been saying it the whole time, but you didn't hear it until now. And that's the way God's voice hit me in that moment. So he is faithful to speak, but we have to listen. And how do we listen? It is through prayer, and it is through the Word of God. And so... The other reason we do all this is for those last scriptures I read where all of these things, right? We, we, his word will always produce fruit. It will accomplish what he says. And then it says, we will live in joy and we will prosper. And then, you know, these miracles where there were thorns, cypress trees will grow and where there was nothing, now there's something and all these beautiful things that God does in our life. And these events will bring honor to the Lord's name and they will be an everlasting sign of how he answered your prayer. Yes, but it's an everlasting sign of his power and love. And I don't know about you, but it makes me feel so safe to know that the miracles that God provides for me is actually not bringing attention to me. It is actually so that his, it's a sign of his power and his love for the world, for the earth. So we pray and we listen to God and we read the word of God to be transformed for the world. <laughs> it's for his glory. It's not just so that I can have what I asked for. It's actually so that the glory of God and the power of God is fruitful in my life so that others will see him. And when I grab hold of that, isn't that way more meaningful than just, I want it, really wanted God to answer my prayers? It's like, it's not all about me. When you turn your eyes on Jesus, we lift our eyes to Jesus and we ask him to use us for his glory. It is so much better. <laughs> so much better to be tucked behind him. You feel safer. 
everything comes into alignment, all the worries and the scurries and the cares of life, they just fade away because it doesn't matter. Because it's all about Jesus. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But we can't have that unless we are in fellowship with Him. Unless we are in the presence of God. Unless we are marinating. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Do you feel His grace right now in this moment? He's not here to accuse you of not doing enough. He's not here to tell you better get your crap together, suck it up. He's just been speaking all along. <laughs> He's, he never gives up. Mom, 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 mom. <laughs> He's always speaking. And if you tune your ear to him, you will hear him and you will hear the pleasure in his voice and you will feel the motivation of the presence of God backing you and you will feel the safest you've ever felt. And you will know that you know that you know that you are standing right before God and you are in the right place at the right time and you are walking where you were meant to walk. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Would you close your eyes with me and just pray? Let's pray. Would you let go of what if? Would you let go of like, but what if I don't tend to that? I just hear there's a little shuffling in the in your in your mind, you're like, but 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 thank you, Jesus. Father, help us to be aware of what you're speaking. God, I thank you for your love that draws us, that draws us, that draws us, that woos us, that pulls us in. God, I pray that we would boldly come before the throne of grace, that everything we do for you, God, would be worship, would be obedience, would be joyful. It's not from a place of I should do better, I should try harder. If I don't do this, then he's gonna be mad at me. If I if I don't do this, then I don't look like a Christian, then other people will think I'm blah, 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 blah. It's, oh man, it's just not about that. It's not about that. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. But we can't just stop at the love. <laughs> I love what Brit, um, the missionary that was here a few weeks ago, he's like, us Americans need to be reminded about how much God loves us every five minutes. <laughs> Which is true. We're leaky vessels and God wants to love us all the time, all the time. But we don't stay there. It's because of his love that we move in obedience. It's because of his love that we do anything. Be motivated by the love of God within you and you will not be stale. You will not be stagnant. Maybe, maybe some of the reason you've got the but, but, but in your mind is because you aren't receiving his love. It's because you aren't, you aren't actually obeying. You're just actually, yeah, like you're, you're that, um, the sea, is it the Sea of Galilee? The one that doesn't have any, no, the, the Dead Sea, the Dead Sea. That's what it is. 
where there's stuff flowing in. There's stuff coming in, coming in, coming in, but there's nothing going out. And so nothing is alive in there. That can be a Christian. That could be you where you're receiving, you're coming to church, you're getting filled, you're getting filled, you're getting filled, you're getting filled. Maybe you're reading your Bible, you're getting filled, you're praying, you're getting filled, but you never act out what he's asked you to do. You're never being obedient. You're actually not obeying when he's, when he's talking to you. And um, I just get this picture that it's because you don't, you're not fully embracing the love of God because we move with love. We move in safety. We move with trust. We move knowing that he's the one who called you out into the water. He's the one who said, hey, follow me, step out of the boat and walk on water. And you're like, that doesn't make sense. And he's like, but I'm telling you to, so you can do it. Thank you, Jesus. So Father, I thank you for pushing us beyond our understanding and pushing us into a place of submission and safety. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you for um, sealing up the, the, the holes in our spirit where we don't, um, where we just aren't able to grab hold and, and sink into the reality of your presence and the reality of your love. Thank you, God, for sealing it up. Thank you, Jesus. Let's keep hearing the scripture. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water that brings forth fruit in season whose leaf does not wither and whatsoever he does will prosper. Lord, I thank you that you're making us like trees, oak trees of righteousness that are planted beside the rivers of living water where our roots go deep. And when, when it's not even the season when it's not even the season to produce fruit, we produce fruit. So we thank you, Lord. Yeah, I just keep hearing the question. We didn't say this in first service. I, I keep hearing the question, but how? Like, I don't know how. I don't know how to pray. I don't know. I go to do it and I just feel unfruitful. I just feel stuck. You know, I go read the Bible and I don't understand it. And um, there is, there's a lot of answers to that question, a lot of tools available. But we have over 24 courses that are free on Tetelestai's website. And one of them, actually two of them, one of them is building a prayer life. They're all free. They're, they're sitting there for one reason, and that is for you to watch them. I think there's four sessions of 30 minutes a piece on building a prayer life. And the other one is called the Prayer Square. Some of you were a part of that when we launched that a little over a year ago. But it's a 20-minute template how you can begin to really dive in to going heading into prayer with a plan. Sometimes you need a plan. When you're, when you're developing a new lifestyle, a, a plan can really help 
until it becomes muscle memory. Yeah, I've, I've never said, whoops, I just prayed. Whoops, I just read my Bible. That's never happened. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. It's all about intention and it's on purpose. So the prayer square and um, developing a prayer life, those things are, those things are available. So if you feel stuck or maybe you just feel like I need a, I just need a refresher and just a fresh way to approach prayer. I'm telling you 20 minutes of prayer in the morning, your life will begin to change. We have you actually make this thing called a prayer square and you build your life in prayer for 20 minutes and you put these very specific things down on this template. And as you pray, things will begin to change so quickly because you're praying about them that you'll have to make another template in about two weeks because things will change. Your children, everything you put on there, I'm telling you, it is really powerful. And it did come out of a dream that I had. So it is straight from Jesus, but it's a template for those of you that feel like you're, you're headed into prayer and you're doing it like it's an obligation, like you're going to the dentist. It just feels like, okay, it's something I have to do, right? But I do want to tell you that if you do something in discipline that is godly in his kingdom and you start with discipline, it will turn into delight. Discipline turns into delight, but you do have to start with discipline first and then the delight will come. So the Tetelestai website is really easy, you guys. It's john1930.com. All of our courses, including our master courses, are now free. They are free. I was talking to Bob this morning about how can we make it possible to give all our books away for free. We're not kidding about this. We're not doing this because we're trying to make a dollar on the side and yay for our $3 profit on our book. This is, this is about equip, equipping us to be able to go in thin air so when the world is dying off, we can revive them to life and get them in that rocket ship with us for their eternity. Not just because we want them to feel good about being a Christian, but for eternity. This is a matter of heaven and hell right now, and we are the answer. We have the answer, Jesus, right? We love you guys so much. Last words? Yeah, I just, um, would you stand with me? Us? We're all standing. This is part of your kingdom assignment is to pray and intercede and to be the hands and feet of Jesus on this earth. And um, you can't do it wrong, okay? You can't do it wrong. You could just only not do it. <laughs> that would be wrong. So get rid of any bit of um, obligation, like Pastor Jenny just said. The other thing is your prayer language. When you don't know what to pray, the Bible literally says that if you don't know what to pray, pray in the spirit. And you are you are building up your most holy faith. You're building up your spirit, man. Um, and if you don't know what that is, I bet you on Tetelestai there's talks about that. We have encounter weekends. We have all kinds of things. And that's, that's ask, ask the, ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, I, I want my prayer language. I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence and speaking in another tongue. And it's really, it's, it's a heavenly language. It's your spirit communing with Holy Spirit. And it's this interchange and it just bypasses human understanding. And it is beautiful. It is radical. And it is so effective. So let's pray a prayer. And I believe that some of you who don't pray in tongues right now and don't have your prayer language, you're either going to get it right now or on your drive home or tomorrow morning in the shower. Okay? I saw those three opportunities right now, <laughs> driving home, or when you're in the shower. If you're not planning on showering tomorrow morning, maybe you need to. Maybe... 
take a minute. <laughs> Don't stop until you get the infilling of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Raise your hands. Father, I thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for the power that is within us. Thank you, Jesus, that you want to hear what we have to say. God, I thank you that you are so relational and you love us and you desire a deep, deep, intimate connection with us. In fact, so deep that you sent your one and only son to rescue us from a life of being disconnected from God. That's what he rescued us from, was disconnection and separation from God. That means he wants to be connected with you right here, right now. So Holy Spirit, I thank you for a fresh infilling. And anyone here who desires their prayer language, God, I ask that you would radically just release the Holy Spirit right now, right now, right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that our spirit man would be bigger than our flesh. God, the Holy Spirit, that you would lead and we would hear your voice louder than the flesh, louder than the enemy. And God, we would be quick to obey, quick to live a life of submission to your presence. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for this awareness that's within us as the body of Christ. And I speak a blessing over every person here in Jesus' mighty name. Thanks for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To find out more, visit thecollectivechurch.com.